lose everyone. I'm back, baby. It's Jake C. Lee. I'm great. Everybody else sucks. Oh, huh. oh no. It's every nightmare I've ever had. Excuse me. It's time to check the link. Pretty crazy, huh? But, but it doesn't matter because none of this has anything to do with the show. You know what? You just made the list. <laughs> oh, wait, you serious? Let me laugh even harder. It's all in. Sure, we talk about it all the time. Really? No. Game on, everybody. It is All In Sports. Jake Seeley, your host, as always. Uh, You're probably following me already if you're listening to this podcast, but just in case you're coming in from the much better guest than myself that I have today, which much has many more followers than I do. So just in case, I'm at All In Kid. That's where I tweet out everything for you guys, all the links, hashtag check the link. And if you want to check the link over at The Athletic, if you go to theathletic.com slash sports, you're not subscribed, that's 40% off for you. So it's basically about three bucks a month. No reason not to get involved over there as well because there's tons of more podcasts on top of mine. It's not just my stuff, including all the football articles, all the baseball covers that's still going on in case you care about that, hockey coverage, basketball coverage. Like, we have everything, and then all the teams that you care about. So go over there, check it out if you haven't. But I appreciate you guys listening. As always, if you want to give it a five-star review on iTunes and all that good stuff. But that's what we're, uh, we're not really here to talk about. And so let's get to today's guest because he's uh, not only one of my favorites in the industry, I have been with him in person. I have been to his church. Uh, we have hung out. We have uh, spent some time in his awesome studio. He is one third of the guys that you know, and I'm sure you're following it already. I, I can't imagine you're listening to the show and not, but just in case, it's all the fantasy footballers. It's a- Andy Holloway. He is one of the best. He finished ahead of me in accuracy <laughs> last year. Uh, Andy, love you, dude. Thank you for coming on. Of course, man. Love you too. And, uh, you know, finishing ahead of you may be my greatest accomplishment with the long pedigree you have across multiple <laughs> sports. So I, I feel very proud of that uh, accomplishment for one brief year. And congrats on the very strong number one overall start to 2019. I appreciate that. I don't know. I think the best accomplishment I know from you is having to, on the fly, do the church service words for the songs. That was like right out of the blue. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So no, I'm, I'm happy to come on and chat. It's, it's been a a crazy year. I know we've got, you know, the unexpected surprises and we've got some disappointments and we've got a lot of decisions for people to make. So happy to come on and hopefully we can help some people out. Yes. And I want to throw a cliche out at the beginning because if you've been living under a rock and don't know who Andy (laughs) and the footballers are, who all three was, was Jason the first to get to 100,000? Did, was that the race? Did that end up being the, that's, that's, that's what Twitter tells me. Yeah. I don't know if they were (laughs) legit followers or whatever, but we will go with that. Yeah. So in case there are people under those rocks, tell everybody with the footballers, you got a million things going on, but you know, your video, everything like your videos for your Patreon, everything involved. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the big thing is we're a five day a week podcast. So you can always just, wherever you're listening to podcasts, check out the fantasy footballers. Everything kind of flows out of the podcast. We just try to pr- try to bring in accurate, entertaining, high quality show each and every day. So we're, we're proud of the product we put out there. And, uh, you know, you, you're not going to be short on dad jokes or horrible puns, but it, it's a, it's a, hopefully a quality product that people will enjoy. And the only backdrop that rivals mine, honestly, it's probably there you better. Go. It's probably better. Oh, well, thank you. you. All right, so let's get into some stuff for week four. The biggest one, I would assume, well, there's two really big ones, but the biggest one for today, because at least we knew about Barkley, and we're going to get to Barkley, but 
Melvin Gordon report. And it's kind of funny because some people speculated like he's got to be sitting back watching Austin Eckler be like, hey, maybe I should come back before. (laughs) And that's what the report is today. The report is Melvin Gordon saying, "Ah, maybe I'm not going to hold out to October and could show up next week. Obviously, if you're Austin Eckler owner, this is the worst news possible because you had time to trade high. You weren't expecting it to come this quickly. So if you're an let's go there first, Andy, if you're Austin Eckler owner, are you just taking RB2 value in a trade or are you just going to say, you know what, it's too late. Unfortunately, I'm just going to have to hold on and hopefully he kind of gives me a James White Rex Burkhead Burkhetti uh, RB2 (laughs) three value. Yeah, I, I think I lean on that side. I think when something like this happens, the quick reaction is like, oh, what do I do? What do I functionally do? And you're not going to trade Eckler on this news and get, I think, apart from maybe targeting the Gordon owner and saying, you know, that might be the one situation where you can kind of get value that equals that RB2 type of category. But I'd probably be just sitting back with Eckler. The, the news is, is this recording, unless you've heard something else, is we don't know for sure when, when Gordon's going to be back. So right. I think you're going to have a, a, at least a couple more weeks of high-value Eckler. And, you know, you kind of look at last year a little bit, and you say, okay, he finished the year 27th on, uh, at the position. The majority of weeks he played, he was an RB2 or an RB3. He had a few stinkers. But this is still a player that, you know, now that Tyrell Williams is gone, you have no tight end of note in Los Angeles. You don't, you're not seeing a high-target share to Mike Williams. There there's like a narrative here that I can, a ribbon that I can find. And he's, he's been amazing on the field to boot. Like he should have flex value rest of season. And so I think between the unknown of when Gordon Ashley gets back, whether he's somehow punished from a snap count perspective for a little while. And when a news report like this one breaks, part of me remembers, you know, we had several reports of love bell coming back. And then all of a sudden you start to get some sound bites from the offensive line in the locker room. And then those get back to Lev Bell and he decides I'm not coming back. <laughs> I'm curious how the team and people around Melvin Gordon are going to react to this news in social media and whether, you know, is it all positive? Is it welcome back or does he get some resistance and does that make him dig in? I, the question marks around it tell me that I can't really get the value I need out of Eckler. So I would probably be in that second camp you mentioned sitting back. Right. And it's the Chargers, too, where we don't know, is he going to come back and they're going to be like, well, we'll play you a few snaps, but forget you because we're the Chargers and we kind of dig in our heels all the time. Or are they going to go the opposite direction where they could be like, you know what, you're going to be gone next year, so we're going to give you 30 touches. It's true. And I I think they need Eckler in the passing game a little bit. And I'm just not thinking I can go get a goldmine for him outside of maybe, like I said, the Gordon owner, if if they're willing to pay and you know, they're tired of the unknown of Gordon on the bench and you can, you know, talk them into something. I think that's where I'm sitting. Okay, so let's go back to what I talked about, what seems to be the biggest news for everybody. Uh, obviously, you lost potentially your number one pick, 101 in a lot of leagues, and that's Saquon Barkley. Four to eight weeks, the reports are closer to the eight weeks than the four. And anytime this kind of happens, it might even end up being 10. Who knows with these kind of injuries. But Wayne Gallman was the most picked up and added player. Not a surprise everywhere. They brought in a few names, which none of real significance, like the biggest name was Zach Zenner. They promoted Hillman, which was somebody that showed off a little bit in the preseason. But everything that's telling us right now is Wayne Gallman is the guy because Elijah Penny's the fullback. So you can look at this two ways. And I'm curious your opinion, Andy, because let's say you got Gallman. Do you immediately try to sell him high on RB2 value or because he's going to be (laughs) 
the guy. Well, I, you're chuckling, but you no, know, no, I'm not chuckling. In, in I'm just saying that's a funny thought because I think there are people that are definitely going to try to do that. Right, and and that's why I mean, because that's the thing is the the positive spin we can put on this is he is the guy. He is going to get probably 65, 70% of the snaps, maybe even more because they haven't brought in anybody of significance yet. I say yet because that could change. But on the flip side, or do you just try to be the guy that's like, hey, you know what? Maybe I hit on somebody. It's Wayne Gallman, but maybe I hit on a top 15-ish running back. Probably that side of it. The, the big question mark I had on our waiver podcast when we were talking about how much fab to spend and now waivers have processed and people have spent their priority and yeah, various amounts of, of fab dollars. Can I sidebar well, real quick? Yeah, don't, go ahead. Don't you hate that question just because it's relative to every single person in every single league and every single scenario? Like, it's just... <laughs> it is hard. I stopped they including want... it in the column because you can't... Like, I could tell you, Andy, who had Saquon Barkley and your number two is James White. I was like, you need to go 80%. I could tell yeah, you, Andy, yeah. like, you have five running backs already and you're just trying to pick them up to screw everybody else. Well, you're not going to go 80%. <laughs> A hundred percent. And the thing is, is I bid on Wayne Gallman in like three or four leagues and I bid completely different numbers in three or four leagues based on my needs. So you're a hundred percent right there. You know, I had my highest in one league. I spent 65% of fab. I didn't even get him, but Ooh. it was because my team on the, in that league was 0 and three. I have really bad matchups for a couple of positions and I'm like, you know, risks aside, I'm going to try to buy a win right now. That, that was kind of the thought process. In other leagues, it, it's more of a luxury to have them on my bench. And my biggest question mark on the Tuesday show was, do they bring someone else in? Because obviously, we can't see the future, and we don't know whether he'll be the guy on, on Monday after the injury and whether they'd bring in somebody else. And you got the JHI rumors and things like that. But like you said, the dust has settled a little bit, and we're not dealing with a, you know, a, a two-down banger situation. We have a guy that can catch the ball. So... I think you're going to get some sort of baseline value out of him being the guy for a while. So in my opinion, you know, RB2, RB3 matchup based kind of start right now. I like the fact that he's catching, going to be catching the ball. He had a really good rookie season in terms of targets and receptions. So that's about where I'm at with him. I'm not super excited. This is not as if Zeke got hurt and we're out there looking at Tony Pollard on the waiver wire. Right. Yeah, exactly. And the biggest thing is I like Gallman, but he thinks he's Saquon Barkley. Like, and, he, and the fact that he tries to do that type of stuff every single play. Like, it's not going to work. Exactly. Sometimes getting stopped for zero yards is better than dancing around and losing three. Like, chill out sometimes. Like, just take it. You that's, know, what, that's what I see Miles Sanders doing a lot of right now, too, where you're, yes. you're kind of take two yards and wait for the next play. Don't yeah. try to bounce everything outside. And you see that with the kind of collegiate to NFL transition sometimes. Okay, so let's talk about probably the most confusing situation on the planet right now, and that's the Chiefs' back. Well, the Patriots' backfield too, but <laughs> and we'll get to them in a second. The the Chiefs' backfield, at least for the fact that Lashawn McCoy limited, or there's conflicting reports as we're doing this podcast. Check their practice reports. You guys can do that on your own. But Damian Williams was actually out as of Wednesday, so this is I I, I know I'm kind of giving you multiple scenarios here, Andy, but this is why we do our job, and you're like as I said, one of the best at it. If Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy are both active, who do you trust more? If Damian Williams is out, do you put in Daryl Williams anywhere? Or does Daryl Williams only get in if both LaShawn McCoy and Damian Williams are out? Did you get all that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? It's a head scratcher because 
in a big way, you're just watching these practice reports. Like you said, as the last thing I saw was Damian Williams wasn't available today and McCoy was limited and he obviously came out with the injury. So you are running the gamut of outcomes. And I think the play is McCoy. I think if he's active, you could be looking at another re-aggravation all the way up to the best running back on the week because of the offense, because of the range of outcomes that Patrick Mahomes gives you. So I think the the cleanest situation for us is seeing, you know, Damian Williams miss the week, McCoy take the week off, and then you've got a really clear play in Darrell Williams. Unfortunately, I think we'll probably have an active McCoy, active Williams, and I guess I'm going to go the LaShawn McCoy way, just <laughs> believing that to put him out there. They're not going to put them out there for a second week if they're worried he's going to re-aggravate it. But it's a messy situation, and I'm sitting here even in leagues looking at Damian Williams going, well, boy, can I buy low on this guy right now? And the thought that he's going to come back, and it's messy. It's a messy situation. I don't know. Where do you stand on it all? Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think that we hope I, – I hate to say that because they were hoping for two people to be out <laughs> week, but – we, as projections wise, we're hoping for the clearest possible situation. I'm with you for the long haul on the fact that I can still see value in getting Damian Williams on the cheap because this team doesn't really seem to care that much about running the ball with how pass heavy they are. And even when they're using yep. the running back, it's it, almost at least 50%, if not more, passing. So that seems to be the Damian Williams role when he's healthy. Uh, but at that point, I mean, we've seen this before with the Chiefs' backfield. If he's another two weeks before he comes back, it might not matter at that point because he might not have a job to come back to. It's possible. Yeah, and it, he's been literally the least efficient runner. Now, he, he only has 22 carries. But I think he's like 1.5 a carry on those 22. But still, just because of the passing volume, has, what, a touchdown in week one and 16, 17 fantasy points and another eight in week two with literally nothing on the ground. So it's tough because you know if one guy was the healthy lead back in this system, which could be Daryl Williams this week, they're probably going to have a really big week. Yeah, 100%. And I'm glad you brought in the inefficiency because let's talk about the Patriots' backfield. You want to talk about Ugh. inefficient. <laughs> Sony Michelle, who was supposed to be involved more in the passing game and double-digit touchdowns on top of that. So everything, he's been almost the most inefficient running back so far. James White was out last week, which was good news for Rex Burkhead, but he's back because he had his baby. You can throw the baby narrative in there. Too. Yep. <laughs> what are we doing? Because Rex Burkhead has actually looked a little bit better than James White, which Rex Burkhead, if people remember, and I'm sure you do, last year he was going in the fifth round right before the season started. So are we actually back to what the people were excited for last year with Burkhead being the best play or question mark, what do we do? Yeah, it's a tough situation to weed through because we have – some things that I think fit into Sonny Michelle's favor where, you know, a lot of what attracted me to him before the season was the fact that this is one of the few players in football that you could say, okay, this guy could score 20 times. If the season goes a certain way, this offense is that good. His role in the offense, what we saw in the playoffs, you know, he was not an inefficient runner in the playoffs. He was outstanding for three games. What helped them win a Super Bowl? and was drafted in the first round by Bill Belichick. So I don't throw those things aside because of three bad games. But at the same time, and, and you'll have to tell me if you agree with this comp at all, mm -hmm. but I kind of see a, these three games a little bit of a Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, 2018 situation. When Sony Michelle's been in there, they've been extremely vanilla. The defense knows the run is coming. He's facing a lot of men in the box. And that's what Royce Freeman dealt with last year, kind of 
banged up at the same time. Whereas when Burkhead's in there, there's so much more flexibility to the offense. They can throw him the ball. He's getting outside the tackles. He's more explosive right now. So uh, I just think that we're running into a rough stretch for Sony Michelle and people want to bail out, especially, especially people if you, you know, if you're a Sony Michelle plus James Conner owner, you're on full on panic in the streets situation. So, <laughs> you know, I don't think you throw Michelle out. I mean, you've seen him score two times, but you are dealing with Bill Belichick in a Patriots offense that one week, like, would you be surprised? If this week in Buffalo, Sony has 22 carries, like that's oh. in the possibility of, of Bill Belichick's spin the wheel philosophy. And the best part about it is, is like, would it surprise you if it's 22 carries for 45 yards, but three touchdowns? No, no, that's another thing. It's just, do you want to be attached to this offense? And I, I think I've seen enough for Sony beyond these three games, which I don't know exactly what's happening. Like I said, I think he's, it's just been a very vanilla between the tackle situation and he's not doing anything with it. I think he's broken one tackle on 45 carries, something like that. So he's certainly failing, but I just think the grass will be greener and they have not been in, you know, competitive ball games, which I think some people would take the narrative road. Like, okay, they've been up for every snap of the entire season. Why aren't they using their banger? But at the same time, they don't need to, they put Brandon Bolden out there last week. They can preserve whatever condition you know, Sonny Michelle's dealt with with the knee over time. So it's I, I want to see what this team looks like when they're actually in a competitive ball game as well. Uh, and I'm with you. I think that's actually a really good comparison about the Broncos. You asked me that question. And I, I do think yeah. that they kind of turn boring for some reason when Michelle gets back there. But all right, so let's talk about an intriguing situation for this week with the assumption as of today, and you guys might be listening on Friday and be like, well, it doesn't matter because Rashad Penny's not playing. But if Rashad Penny is playing, Chris Carson can't hold on to the ball. And we've seen glimpses of Penny, but we haven't seen Penny fulfill the promise to the, the degree we want, what anybody wants, anybody in general, even if you're not a fan of Penny. We've seen the flashes enough to say, hey, there should be more here. If Penny is playing, are you? how far do you move down Chris Carson? Do you even consider starting Penny over Carson? I don't consider starting Penny over Carson, and I'm probably one of the bigger Carson apologists in this circumstance. So, you know, take that for what you will. I, part of why that is, is due to the fact that I, I am positive. He's the best running back on the team. I am positive. He's the best pure runner. So if the team wants to penalize their opportunity to win the ball game, they'll bench him. They'll put penny in there or they'll put process in there for the duration of a competitive ball game. So part of it is just believing that this team knows that Carson is the much more efficient running back. Now, can Penny level up and seize control of the job? Maybe, but he's not doing himself any favors pulling his hamstring in a walkthrough. So <laughs> right now, my panic alarm will begin to sound if they get through this Arizona game and Chris Carson does not have a significant role and a significant output for fantasy owners. This is the, uh, the banner game that I'm watching because Arizona's defense it has doesn't exist. So many problems. Yeah, it's it's almost it's just very difficult as a Cardinal fan being out here in Arizona to you know watch Kyler Murray get off to the the hot start last week and know that he if they fall behind this he doesn't have a shot. So no, he doesn't. if Chris Carson, yeah, exactly. If Chris Carson cannot do something this week against Arizona, if we see a redistribution of 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 the ball, I think they're going to give him an opportunity to redeem himself in this game and another fumble. 
oh, we're we're in big trouble. Should, big, should, big I, trouble. should I have you on speed? Well, I mean, technically speed. Should I just call in and check on you on Sunday just in case that happens? I will be in. Yeah, I'll be somewhere beneath the earth. I, I don't know where exactly, but I will be hiding from the world. I don't want to see that happen. I wanted to see this Chris Carson, who has been involved in the passing game, who has, uh, you know, the opportunity in an offense that loves to run the football. I want to see that Chris Carson maximize his opportunity. That's the truth. And I think he's the best runner. I think we've seen that through a year and a half compared to what Rashad Penny's been able to do. I mean, before the one big carry two weeks ago, Penny was two point something to carry. So we haven't seen consistent performances from him. And so I, I'm going to buy into what Pete Carroll said about believing in Chris Carson and showing that belief on the field. All right, so two more things get you out of here. Quickly, like one of the busiest guys in the business, you guys, again, should be following him. I want to circle back to the Giants because of who they're facing this week and has been it was just like Arizona, one of the worst defenses. And I think we're all in fan, fans of starting guys on both sides of the ball in this game and the Redskins and the Giants. But are you now at the point Here's the first question about the Redskins, and then there's going to be a, a quick quick version second one. But are you at the point now, is Scary Terry, are you going with Scary Terry? Are you on board with Scary Terry, by the way? Yeah, I think that's where I'm at. I, I'm, cool, I'm cool with Scary Terry. Okay, so Scary Terry, that's what we're going, we're agreement, all the people getting upset about that because Terry Rozier, get over it. Uh, but is he now a must start? Obviously, you're starting him against the Giants, but is it now, I don't care about the matchup, Terry McLaurin is officially already week four a must start every single week. It's close. It's close. It, no, it's hard. pick a side. Uh, well, okay. Here, here's here's what I'll say. I'll say yes, but I do get a little weak in the knees saying yes on a player that scored for three consecutive weeks. You know, I don't think we're saying it as much about DJ Chark as we're saying it about Terry McLaurin, right. and I get why. I mean, you've got a rookie, and you've got him establishing himself. So, yes, I'll go with yes firmly, but I am excited to see what happens in this game. I think McLaurin's shown out on tape. Like, I like what I see from him. Uh, getting open, contested catches, all of that. So, yes, I'll, I'll say he's firmly in the in the start category. <laughs> now, are, are there variables in play? Yeah, Dwayne Haskins could take the field halfway through this game. and That, that and, might be a good thing. They played. They, know, they but, have but the rapport. It, okay, so help me work through this then because I, okay. I, I went with that thought process for a second, and they have the rapport, and I see no reason why I wouldn't target him. But Case Keenum right now is throwing for 300-plus a game. Do we really expect Dwayne Haskins to functionally be able to throw for 300-plus a game through the rest of the season? If I think not, he, you think so he can? I think he can if they're giving him as many opportunities as Case Keenum. But that would be the question is do they try to start to lean on Adrian Peterson more? Because here's the thing about Dwayne Haskins, which is I, what I love. And this is why, as a Giants, the, uh, whatever, I'm not really a happy fan right now, whatever you want to call me right now. I wanted the Giants to take Dwayne Haskins. This is before they traded Odell Beckham because the one thing that Dwayne Haskins does exceptional already as of today, he needs development. Let's be real. He started one year in college, well, one year plus-ish. He keeps receivers in motion. He throws receivers open. He throws receivers in line. He throws receivers in motion. Like, people don't have to stop. You don't have to adjust and come back to the ball. And for what Terry McLaurin's skill set already was, and forget the rapport. I would just love them both together, even if they hadn't played together. Yeah, I think it's going to be difficult because it'd be nice to let have them give Haskins freedom, but like you said, he needs development, and he's going to make mistakes. We saw that in the preseason. I think right. we'll see that. I, I think we'll see that hold onto the ball too long, throw interceptions. So I think that the pressure comes off of him. Case Keenum's a guy that they can let kind of wing it, you know, for good or bad. I mean, 
I think Mike said it on our podcast earlier this week. Case Keenum is the reason they were down in that game. Case Keenum against the Bears. Case Keenum is the reason they came back in that game. Case Keenum is then the reason that they lost the game. It, it was know, kind of all on his shoulders where he, you know, he had these impressive drives, winging the ball around. And that's what I'd like to see connected to McLaurin. And I guess my confidence isn't as high that, that they'll give Haskins that opportunity. So uh, right now with Keenum in place, and if they know that Haskins needs time, then maybe Keenum will be the guy longer than we think. I certainly like this game where this is, from what I have down, the third highest over-under of the week, mm-hmm. Washington, New York. So uh, he's a must-start this week. So this is Scooby-Doo, man. I'm telling you, like they're going to take off the helmet at one point and it's going to be like, it was Blake Bortles all along. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. That might happen. <laughs> Bortles right, will so- get the last laugh on us all. <laughs> well, all right. Last one before we get you out of here. Uh, favorite by lows. Uh, people know this. I've written and maybe you like these guys as well, but I've been talking about James Conner and Josh Jacobs a lot. I still think there's better days, especially given their workload. Diggs and Woods, I don't think they're necessarily going to turn it around that much, especially Diggs, but people are talking about dropping them. So when you can get somebody that good for that free, even if they don't turn it around, they're basically free. So is there a two or three players that or maybe just one that you really like as a buy low right now that you're targeting? Well, I, yeah, I mean, I'll start at the very top of that list, which is just Devontae Adams, because he's not the wide receiver 20, 30 type of player that he is right now. I think that there is some risk to what we're seeing. I think that the Packers have dropped about 10% in terms of pass percentage and they're actually winning, you know, without airing it out as much. But anytime, like you said, anytime you can buy low, like last week, I was telling everybody, Mike Evans, now, 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 that window's <laughs> closing. It's likely that after this week, Philadelphia's secondary, these corners can't cover Devontae Adams. So the buy low window for Devontae Adams is is closing quickly. So that would be kind of the high end. I was curious kind of your take on Diggs because I you sent these over to me right before the show. You said Connor, Jacobs, Diggs, and Woods. Uh, is Diggs a must bench for you? Absolutely. I was actually, I have him in my home league and I'm debating benching him for Preston Williams at this point. Okay. Here's, so here's, you, you're definitely, here's the issue. You're, you're not going to drop him, but you're basically no. in a position where you're saying, let's cool the Jets a little bit. Well, for specifically for this week, here's the good news. The two games after this week at Giants and Eagles. That's the good news. And that's why I say go get digs for nothing. Because and then to your point before, what you're saying about Chris Carson, if he can't do it against those two, then he's an outright drop at that point because the Vikings are. They're going ahead and saying, you know what? If we can run the ball this much, screw the passing game. And when they do pass, it's the same thing, which I've talked about many times. This will be the, I, I told you I was going to get you out of here this, but you brought it up, so I'm bringing you one more question back no, we're, at you. We're good. We're good. So is I, I've said this a lot. What I wrote, wrote last year and wrote about Kirk Cousins being on this team is that Kirk Cousins' flaws, his deficiencies, is attacking downfield too much because he's not good at attacking downfield, especially outside downfield. And it meant whoever's in the slot more, is going to be the beneficiary. It was Thielen. They actually switched to Diggs briefly and then switched it back, and you saw it. It actually kind of trends with who was playing the slot. Well, this year, Diggs has been almost non-existent in the slot, and I think that's the other reason he's getting left out completely too. So I don't – what I was going to say is I don't get the signing. I don't get why this regime said let's bring in Kirk Cousins and knowing that's kind of – I don't think he fits this team. So all that being said, with knowing that, is maybe would you would you drop him 
because I'm going to turn it back around to you. No, I, I would not drop him. I think he's a must bench player that I wouldn't drop. And I think, I think you explained it really well. I I'm with you entirely on Jacobs. I think Jacobs is one of the best possible by low targets right now. They will involve him more in the passing game. He will, you know, he's been battling through a, you know, a tough situation right now. Yeah. He with, was on an IV and he still ran 10 routes last yeah, week. What do they say? Four, four IV bags on the sideline during that game, you know, and yeah. people are freaking out about Jalen Richard being out there. I'm like, this guy's <laughs> on an IV drip. I mean, so <laughs> he's on a gurney basically. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I will throw Chris Carson into that category because of the running game. I know it's risky business, but you're not going to get a player that, you know, over the back half of last year, this was a top, you know, 10 running back. And if if you can go get him before this Arizona game, that might be a good opportunity. So he's somebody else that I would be, I'd be glancing at a little bit. I mean, I, I'm not as, I probably wouldn't be buying low on Juju or Connor because of their attachment to Mason Rudolph right now. So you know, uh, what's your view? I'm curious what your, your season long view is of Beckham at, with the, the Browns offense. It's lower than probably a lot of people expected at the beginning of the season and lower than I even thought, because Baker Mayfield, two things is one, he doesn't look hundred percent healthy. I don't know if that hand or wrist, whatever is still giving him issues, but even if he was, I brought this up on our podcast over the athletic and said, the truth is, is this trade might have been worse for the Browns than it was for the Giants because the offensive line, just like you've seen with the Arizona Cardinals last year, and it's what's kind of limiting Kyler Murray and David Johnson at times this year, not to where it used to be, but the offensive line's a bigger deal than people give it credit for in general, in NFL truth. And losing Zietler is not, okay, it's not like, oh my God, I can't believe, but it was already an okay-ish line, and you took away basically, you're arguably one of, if not your best piece at this point, and he has, you've seen the numbers, I'm sure you have, Andy, is when he throws it quick, one and a half seconds, his numbers are great. If he takes any more time, it's, oh my God, he looks awful. He looks like Eli Manning. And it's because I think that he can't handle the pressure in his face that fast. I'm not saying Baker Mayfield can't, but it's the truth of any quarterback. And I think that Odell Beckham is kind of fringy wide receiver one because of Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I, I, here's a crazy comp that popped into my head because I've seen it in Arizona for years. He looks like Josh Rosen last year. He's got the, he's got a little bit of the just, shell shock. He just lost 10,000 followers. <laughs> I know he does though. And it's based on what you're saying. The offensive line has put him in a position where he cannot really use his strengths. Now I don't like Josh Rosen. I'm not sure he has any strengths, but when I see a player that, you know, the offensive line starts to collapse on you, then when it doesn't collapse, you're afraid to step up in the pocket. You're afraid to, Use some of your, uh, you know, keep your eyes downfield because you're trying to evade pressure. He He's in a very tough position where he doesn't really get to step outside that box of, oh my gosh, I got to get the ball out of my hands. And so at the same time, Beckham can take one play to the house. It's a, I think it's an upgraded situation over what Juju has. Juju can take one ball to the house, but it's got to come out of the hands of Mason Rudolph. And so we've seen more of Beckham over time. So I'm I'm definitely more on the OBJ favor than than Juju, but yeah, I mean, these offensive lines, you see it. You know, Mahomes is amazing and incredible in all of those adjectives. But when I watch those bombs, I'm mesmerized by offensive line play where he takes the snap and he gets to shuffle one direction or the other, eyes downfield, three, four. We saw from Derek Carr when that line was amazing in Oakland too. Sit back there, eyes downfield. Top 15 and, wide receivers. 
everything opens up for you. So yeah, I think that that's a big problem. Might be a little bit of why we're seeing more struggles out of the offense in uh, Los Angeles with the Rams as well. You know, not that they're struggling, they're they're three and zero, but you're not quite seeing the prolific offense. So yeah, the offensive line highly underrated. Probably something. Oh, that's just because Jared Goff is dumb. <laughs> there could be that too but uh we should pay more attention to it in the off season we really should yeah no the, I, I, that tongue-in-cheek that was something that i've brought up on this show and we'll get you i'm not going to ask you a question i just want to throw it so you know it's like i'm just calling them dumb as a person is that there was the report last year during their buy is that defenses started disguising their coverages until the helmet switched off because mcveigh couldn't talk to him and tell him to adjust his plan and that's the, what I'm saying is he's dumb is he's, the, yeah. he's he doesn't have that NFL intelligence of a quarterback of being able to adjust. Sometimes you have the skills and you just don't have the intelligence. That's why some players succeed. Dorrell Green Beckham is a perfect example of having the skills, yeah. but not the intelligence. Uh, Andy. So if I could just get five, everybody out there listening, please five percent of you. That's all I need. Five percent of you. I can get Andy to pass Jason Moore and followers. But all Ooh. that aside. At Andy Holloway, follow him. But also, now during, we're talking. There we go. I also just saw in my timeline the footballers bonus episode up on the Patreon. So once again, before I let you go, tell everybody else about that, about the footballers, and about your squad. I mean, it's not just about yeah, you, it's, but, it's, but let's get you past Jason. Well, that's first of all, that's a wonderful pitch right there at Andy Holloway on Twitter. If I can beat Jason, then most of my life is just competitive with Jason. If I can beat him at something. Then, then I feel content as a human being, and my life is complete. like shuffleboard. Abs- oh, absolutely, or foosball, or anything of that nature, which of course I'm better at. But <laughs> we are a good team on the podcast, and what you're talking about is we extend the show over onto Patreon, jointhefoot.com. We got a community. We give you lots of perks. We get you lots of benefits, our our forums, and those type of things. So, yeah, you can definitely check out our our fantasy community. There, there's eleven thousand strong at uh, jointhefoot.com. So, in, in, you know, we love you, Jake. Uh, you do amazing work. You're an absolute dominator at the accuracy rankings every year and one of the best minds in the game. So more than happy to come on and uh, a good friend as well. So I, I appreciate you having me. Oh, I appreciate you taking the time. You're one of the busiest ones in the business. So taking any time is much appreciated. And uh, I'll, uh, I'll wrap things up with some DFS talk and get you guys ready for that, which, by the way, listen, tomorrow yeah. over on the footballers, that's a Foot Clan guys out there. We have the DFS podcast for you guys. So thanks again, Andy. Yep, you've been killing it on there too. So thanks a lot. And before I get out of here for today, as I've mentioned before, something I look at for DFS. And by the way, like I said, check out that DFS podcast we do over for the footballers with your Foot Clan Nation, all that type of stuff. It's good times. But as I mentioned, is I try to look for tournament plays. Is I use FanshareSports.com, and if you go over there, you can actually get twenty percent off with the code All In Kid. My handle on Twitter, very simple. And I don't just promote that and be like, oh, look at you, go get it. No, the truth is, is I use it a ton. I'm always mentioning it on that show. I'm mentioning it on this show because here's a perfect example. I'll just give you two guys. I'm looking at this week that barely anybody is rostering so far, both at the running back and wide receiver position at running back. There's very, very, very few people on Royce Freeman. And what will be my matchup column over at The Athletic, the APA adjusted points allowed. Uh, Royce Freeman actually profiles better than Philip Lindsay in this matchup. Both are probably usable, especially if you're playing PPR and half-point PPR, which are the sites and the format. But if you're looking for the rushing touchdown, they've struggled against the between-the-tackle, tough-running running backs. And Royce Freeman profiles better 
in that mold. Obviously, you guys know that. But also, if you look, they shut down pass catching running back. So it might not even be Philip Lindsay has a good game. But either way, the point being is if you pivot off Philip Lindsay or basically pivot into this game in general, because not a lot of people are going to be on the Broncos going against the Jaguars. Royce Freeman is a nice, interesting play for you guys. Again, tournament. That's what we're talking here. That's why I check fan share sports is because you want the low ownership. The other one, I'm a little surprised by this one, especially after Kyle Allen just had that huge game that he did. I think maybe people are still on the perception that the Houston Texans defense is still one of the best. It's actually been one of the most exploitable against the pass so far. They've been among the worst against wide receivers. And DJ Moore's ownership is projected very low right now, including the fact that his price dropped. It went 300 down on DraftKings, 100 down on FanDuel, and he's still the number one. If Kyle Allen's going to have a decent game, even, not even the four-touchdown game, just a decent game this week against what is a successful pass defense, that's another one I think that wide receiver-wise you could pivot to. But again, as I mentioned, all in kick gets you 20% off. If you want to see all the stuff I'm talking about over at Fanshare, but if you want to see everything in general, again, I told you at the top, I'll tell you again, the name of the show, you know, go theathletic.com slash all in sports. That's 40% off there. See, I just give it discounts all over the place. Thanks again to Andy, one of the best, Andy Holloway of the fantasy footballers. Listen to them, watch them, follow Andy, get him past Jason Moore, even though I've had Jason on the show too, and Mike Wright. But I'll be back next Wednesday as always. Have a good luck, or have a good luck. Have good luck in week four, and have a good one. There, I'll, I'll combine the two. I'll see you guys later. Thanks.